want you to take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 15. And just hold your place there. I want to actually just quote a few verses that you, you should have already memorized. If, if you don't, uh, put them on the list and, and learn them. But uh, Genesis chapter 16, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 16, no, 15. I have to get my reading glasses out here yet. But uh, Genesis chapter 15. How many of you know Acts 16.31? If you do, say it with me. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. The next one's easier. How many of you know John 3.16? Say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We use the word believe a lot when we talk about the Bible. Amen? I mean, it is a Bible word. And when we talk about getting saved, it is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in uh, the only begotten Son of God. It is believing that saves. Amen? And we can read in the book of Romans that God uses preachers to get the gospel out so that people will know what to believe in. In fact, New York City is uh, uh, of such that you can get almost anybody to say anything and there's got to be somebody in this city that will believe that. I mean, where would the politicians be without gullible people? Amen? Uh, where would? I mean, how in the world would anybody follow Al Sharpton Except it be in this big city of ours where somebody will believe anything. I mean, isn't that true? And we, we look at all of these things and yet we do know that the Bible tells us there are people that will believe, but not to the saving of the soul. They'll say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we... Not done many wonderful works, and Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. Now, there's not a contradiction, and we're not going to the place where many people go and say, Well, they said they believed, and now the Bible says that they didn't believe, so therefore they lost their salvation somewhere between where they said they believed and when they arrived for final judgment. Uh, that's not in the scripture because Jesus said, I give unto them what? Everlasting life. If it's everlasting, then you can't lose it or do anything to make it stop. Otherwise, it wouldn't be eternal or everlasting. So the problem is, there's a right way to believe and an unright. Could I say wrong? I know that's not politically correct. Somebody will be offended that there could be such a thing as a wrong way to believe in God. But the difference 
is heaven and hell, my friend. I, I think we ought to spend a little bit of time in investing, investigating this thing and, and making sure that the belief that you have is the right kind of belief. Because the problem is not, never has been, and cannot be God. Amen? God is not sitting in heaven with His analytical calculator. 95% faith. Not good enough. That is a God of man's invention. And yet, when you go to most places that call themselves churches today, what do they do? They say, well, do the best you can and hopefully it'll all work out in the end, but nobody can really know until after you're dead anyway. And, and, and uh, you know, and some churches have even come up with a secondary way. Which once you're dead, you can go to purgatory and take care of some things and hopefully have a second chance. And yet, when we read the Bible... The Bible says, believe, and it's settled. So why do some people quote-unquote believe, and it's not settled? Well, there's got to be something wrong with the belief. Not with God. Because God doesn't have problems. In fact, he's the one that solves the problems. And if you were here Thursday night, we are getting ready, trying to prepare ourselves to dive into the book of Revelation, verse by verse, word by word. And uh, let me warn you, when we're all done, you're not going to understand everything in the book of Revelation. Because there are some things that God never intended for us to know. In fact, he devotes a whole half a chapter to things that you cannot know. You say, why are they in there? Just so you can know there are things that God doesn't want you to know. It's okay. If you knew everything that God knew, you'd be as smart as God is. And, and I hate to pop your bubble, but it's not going to happen. Not till we're in heaven. But this idea of believing, this idea of understanding something in the Bible, the reason we're going back to the book of Genesis is because this is the first time, first place in the Bible, the word believe is used. And all the way through the Bible, the example that is here is quoted again and again and again to help us understand what this word believe really means. And so let's look at Genesis chapter 15 and, and verse 6. And, and then we'll go back and pick up the context here. Verse 6 says, And he, talking about Abraham, believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Now let's go back to verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, 
I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram, and Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And, Abraham, and Abram said, Behold to me, thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward the heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. Now look at Abraham's great belief. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? You see, we get this idea that believing is something that's inside of me. How many of you have ever believed something? I mean, you just believed it. And then found out it was a lie. I mean, all of us have been there. I mean, yesterday, uh, Brother Saravia came in and he said, I found a motor home for, for the Newburgers. It was a 2005 motor home for $5,900 and only had 27,000 miles on it. I said, man, this is... This will be a miracle if it were true. It wasn't true. You don't sell $20,000 motorhomes for $5,900. It just doesn't happen. But apparently that fellow wanted somebody to believe that because he was trying to steal money from people who would believe now, it tells us here that Abraham believed in the Lord and it was counted to him for righteousness. And the next question he's asking God is, how do I know that I'm going to inherit the land? And God makes a covenant with him. And if you read that there, uh, I'm, I am... You know, you've heard me talk bad about lawyers and contracts and all of those things, but I'll tell you what, that's, I, I sure do appreciate lawyers and contracts more than cutting animals in half and having to walk between the carcasses and all of the things that was made in this arrangement here. God entered into an agreement with Abram. But I want you to know that even though Abram was asking God, his name had not yet been changed here in this chapter... He had already believed in the Lord and had already been counted to righteousness. Belief is not something that is centered on what's going on inside of you. Belief is something that is centered in the person and the ability and the presence of God. Do you see the difference? God is not God because I believe He is God. God is God because He is God. 
He does not need my belief. He does not need my approval for him to be God. That's Buddhism. That's what the mantras are all about. Is you keep repeating something over and over again until you uh, make your own reality. And by the way, if you make your own reality, don't trust it outside your own mind because it's not going to be there. If it can be your truth, it's not truth. Truth does not belong to you. It does not belong to me. There is nothing that needs to be approved in order to become truth. Something that is truth is because of its very nature and its existence. Did the law of gravity function before Newton wrote it down in a science book? <laughs> huh? I mean, when you fell out of the tree, you still got hurt when you hit the bottom. Uh, the law of gravity has always functioned whether you believed in it or not. Now, we look at Abraham and God had made a promise. He said, Abraham, I'm going to give you an inheritance I'm going to give you a seed. I'm going to give you a son that is going to come from your own bowels. He's going to be your physical, biological son. And he's the one that's going to inherit and carry on the promises that I have given to you. How many knows what, know what happened in chapter 16? And Abraham's wife bare him no children. Why do you think that was an issue? Because God said you're going to have a son. And so Abraham and Sarah had obviously been talking about this thing. By the way, in Genesis chapter 15, the best we can understand, Abraham was probably about 75 years old. Now, I'll tell you what, I'm glad that I don't have to worry about the things that Abraham had to worry about. That thing of having children is starting to run out. Amen? But having a child at 75 years old, that's quite an accomplishment, is it not? And uh, Sarah said, listen... I'm not having any children. You're not, uh, you're not getting any younger. Uh, maybe God has an alternative plan here. Hence, Hagar. And you know, we talk about all the things that was there, but you know, I've heard very few people preach on the suffering and the pain that this event caused Hagar. She didn't have a choice in the matter. In fact, we go down to Genesis chapter, I mean Galatians chapter 4, and we find that this event that Sarah and Abraham orchestrated, God used as an illustration of bondage and slavery to the law because Hagar had no choice. She was not Abraham's wife by uh, anything other than 
convenience and an attempt to do what God, create what God had said would happen on their own. And it has caused nothing but pain and suffering for Hagar, for Ishmael, for Sarah, for Abraham. All of their pain is recorded in the scriptures. Read the next several chapters of your Bible. It's all there. And we still have. 600 A.D. when Muhammad was writing his Quran. That thing still bothered him as a descendant of Ishmael. So he changed the Bible from Isaac to Ishmael in the Quran. So it would make him feel better about himself. Now we understand that Ishmael was not by faith. Ishmael was not directed by God. But God still said, I'm going to bless Ishmael for your sake now, didn't he? Is that in your Bible? It's in mine. Abraham believed in God. He tried to obey God. And God finally came back. Let's go to Genesis chapter 17. Verse 15, And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall shall her name be, and I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Now I want to show you Abraham's belief. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. And said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is an hundred years old, and shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, O that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant with the seed after him. Now, Go over to chapter 18 and verse 12. We'll start reading in verse 9. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore... Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxen old, shall I have pleasure in my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard from the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 21, verse 6. We'll start reading in verse 5. And Abraham was an hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh so that all that hear will laugh with me. 
You see, we talk about belief. And we look at this situation and we can honestly question how much Abraham really believed in God that he laughed in God's face when God said this was going to happen. And Sarah laughed. But when it was all over, what did Sarah say? She said, God made this story. He made me to laugh at myself. Amen. And everyone that is going to hear my story is going to laugh at me with me. You know what? We take ourselves way too serious most of the time. Do we not? We somehow think that what is God is all about me. You hear me railing on this book, The Purpose Driven Life and The Purpose Driven Church, often because they should have no influence in any true Christian's life. We need to get rid of that stuff because that is not Bible Christianity. It is not about you, my friend. God is not interested in what's in your heart. He's interested in what's in His. God does not want you writing over top of His Scriptures what is in your heart and your desires. God does not want you seeking what you should do for Him by looking inside of you. God wants you to seek His heart in His Word. God wants to write over you what He knows is best. This is the story of Abraham. Let me tell you something. Abraham believed in God and he was believing in God when he did all these horrific, horrible things in trying to get a son through Hagar. When is the last time you did something that God was able to bless without his intervention in your life? Could I challenge you never? Uh, I like the way Brother Clayton used to put it. He says, don't make deals with God. He said, making a deal with God is saying, God, I'll do this for you without your help if you'll do this for me without my help. God doesn't work that way, my friend. God is not going to bless you until you give up on your list of blessings. He ain't Santa Claus. He doesn't want you to write out what you want him to do for you and then God will decide what he wants to do. Believing in God is letting God do what God wants to do. And you know what? Sometimes we're going to make mistakes. Believing in God. But what did God do with Abraham's mistake? He superseded it now, didn't he? Did he erase the pain and the suffering that Ishmael did cause and would cause in the future? No. But he didn't let that stop him from fulfilling his plan in Abraham and Sarah's life. You see, 
it's not about you. Belief is about God. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 22. We'll be done the introduction here in just a few moments. Get into the message, all right? And it came to pass, verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Now let me ask you a question. Did that command come from God? Yes? Yes, it did. God appeared unto Abraham. He said, Abraham, Abraham said, here am I. And God said, take Isaac, thine only son. You see, God still wasn't counting Ishmael because that wasn't part of God's plan. He wanted Abraham to understand that Isaac was God's plan. And he said, I want you to get into the land of Moriah. I want you to go up on a mountain. I want you to offer him for a burnt sacrifice. Now, wait a minute. Whoa, uh, wasn't Isaac the one that God said that his seed would be called in? Wasn't Isaac the promise? And we've been through this story many times and are going to go through it many more times because it is a biblical illustration of what the word believe means. Now let's go to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11. The Bible always explains the Bible. And it is hard for me to read through this passage and not remember having to sit through a sermon many